Off the ball. GAA. If and when Tyrone decided they didn't need my services and somebody else came looking them, I would be happy to consider that. I considered it this time and I think it was a good decision. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball breakfast with Optimum Nutrition, the official performance nutrition partners of the Gaelic Players Association and Leinster Rugby. Uh, it's gone 8 o'clock. I uh, do keep the cops coming into us this morning. If we anything, that's, we'll bring our audience in a little bit, will we? Well, that's your show, man. You work away. You bring them in. You're the man in charge. Neil Farley, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? How are you keeping? Good, good. All good. Are you on your way to training or what's happening this point um, of the day? I've just arrived actually at the training ground, so... Um, I'll uh, go in for my breakfast now in a bit and uh, yeah then we'll start training So you'll keep the head down and pretend you're just on a call with a mate because no media interviews going on over here I don't need any slack <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sit in my car in the back car park What's, um, what's for, for breakfast for an elite athlete on a Friday morning? On a Friday morning it's just porridge and berries nothing too exciting to be honest Sounds delicious. Um, coffee. You've had. Um, let, can we talk to you a little bit about your own sort of a uh, career over the last couple of years before we get into a little bit of the Ireland match? Obviously, the fact that you've been playing in Italy was a big reason we wanted to get you on this morning. So um, you've had Glasgow City and then Parma and London City um, over the last few years. It's yeah. um, fair bit of movement, I can imagine, even in terms of uh, the impact on you personally. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I was. I was in Glasgow for that was my first professional contract, so I spent a year and a year and a half there, and went over in January mid season. So um, then I was kind of had itchy feet then after that, and I just wanted to move on. Um, I had a background in studying Italian in school and really liked the country, so I really wanted to go there. That happened there, and then things didn't really work out because um, we got relegated. So then I sent was decided to come back to the UK. Um, Primarily, probably for my my own career, just to try and get seen more in the national side of uh, in the international side of things. But um, yeah, so here I am in uh, in London City. That's class, and we'll get into a bit a bit about that and the Irish influence there at the minute. But the Parma move, the studying, like could speak Italian post school. Um, no, not really. But like, <laughs> had a tiny bit of a background. Um, yeah. But then we got lessons over there, so it was fine uh, when I got into it. So you're you're like, right? I need to get over there. How does that work in practical terms, Neva? You onto your agent, or yeah, how does that? Yeah. Work? So yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm onto my agent. So basically, um, near the end of of the season, you're still seeing out clubs that are interested, and then obviously European clubs probably don't come come looking for Irish or English as much um, because I suppose not many people uh, want to go um, to a foreign country and stuff like that so you kind of have to your agent has to kind of feed into the clubs over there saying that there's someone interested and then they kind of just scout you look at your clips and then see see if they actually if they're interested Yeah like not not as you're saying really a beaten path like Louise Quinn went to Fiorentina not a whole pile others No 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 Uh, Steph Roach I think was there for a year as well too Um. Yeah, I think that that was it. Off apart from um, Ann O'Brien years and years ago, mm. um, but yeah, I think I think we're the we're the only few. And so they they take a look at your clips, and your agent is like, yeah, yeah, she studied Italian. She's you fit right into your into your dressing room here. She's <laughs> she's ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they knew that I had a bit of a background in Italian. But in fairness, my first week over there, I was bad. I was. I was yeah pretty. Um, I had a few uh, awkward dinner chats at the table with the team because I, I couldn't string two sentences together. But I got there in the end. 
How so? Uh, were you the only non-Italian in the dressing room, or were, the, were there others? Um, no, there was a few. There was about five internationals, but okay. they had been in Italy the last two, three years, so they were they're basically Italian, like yeah. So you have to. You, there isn't any option here but to get up to speed with whatever's going on in the dressing room pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Which helped. It, it was it helped me like because you had to kind of immerse into the into the lifestyle straight away. So it was easier to learn. I'd say that way. I'm sure, even though you say, as you say, Niamh, that it mightn't have gone as well on the pitch for the, for the team over there in Italy as, as you'd hoped. I think it was Roy Keane that always said that one of his regrets in, in his career was not playing abroad at some, at some point in his life. Like, I'm sure even still looking back, it's still a decision that you, you, you stand by, I presume, even from a life perspective to have that broadening of horizons, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And I actually, I would never put off going back there, to be honest, because just even the lifestyle off the pitch is just... Uh, it's class, um, and actually, now that you say that as well, I've had I've had a few conversations with a few of the girls here in London City, and even the older girls, and they say that's one of their biggest regrets that they didn't uh, they didn't go abroad um, to kind of a foreign a foreign language speaking com- um, country. So, yeah, no, I definitely have no regrets. And even aside from the, the fact that obviously the, the weather is is much better, and you get to play football in a far better climate, even the style of play, like a presumably like, attitude towards training. Uh, formation and style in matches as well is is quite different so you get to pick up you get to I guess progress your own footballing brain in a way Yeah 100% and I think one thing that I noticed even from the first training session was how much more technical drills they kind of do over there and I think I did improve my game in that side um, over the year um, but yeah even tactics obviously you know Italians with their uh, with their defending and stuff like that so um, yeah I definitely learned a lot Ian Rush saying, you know, we played for Juventus and he said, oh, it's like playing in a foreign country. It's, uh, <laughs> it's true, it turns out. Uh, so on the football side, a bit more uh, work on the technical side. Facilities-wise, Neve, what was your experience? Having been obviously playing with P-Mount, Glasgow, subsequently now with um, the Lionesses, what was your experience of uh, the facilities around Italian football? Um, well, we were very lucky in in, in Parma. We were... We were, uh, we were Treated exactly like the men. We were training in the um, the men's training ground. We were given everything they were done, um, given. Um, Kraus, who took over the club there a few years back, he's um, he's an American owner, and uh, obviously in in the in the states, like women's so- like football or soccer, as they call it over there, is the same as the men's, or should be on par, if not better. So when he came over, it was actually the first year Parma had a women's team because he just came over and he says, "What's the story? Like, why don't we have a women's team?" And then he just invested heavily into it, um, and still is to this day. So, um, yeah, we were spoiled kind of over there. I didn't have to lift the finger, which was a bit different from uh, from my past experiences, to be honest. And then the the London City move comes up. There's an Italian coach. You're like the stars of a line. This is uh, make this happen for me. <laughs> yeah, that's actually I actually did think that uh, the stars had a line. But um, yeah, so that's why I yeah I was chatting to Carolina um, and I just said yeah look I'm I understand her kind of style of play because of you know maybe I was in Italy so um, and her training and the way she likes to do things. I'd say I'd be. I, I would have exper- experienced it so I said yeah why not um, and go back to the UK and try and get my uh, my name back out there again so yeah that's what, and I heard obviously there was a few Irish coming with me so I said why not yeah and uh, how long were you there she's obviously left the club subsequently yeah she has uh, she's only left there about I'd say two weeks ago um, so yeah so I had a good stint with her but um, yeah unfortunately she uh 
she's gone from the club, so we're, we have an interim in at the minute. So um, we have we have six or seven games, and we probably all came in here thinking that we were pushing for a promotion, but we're actually um, we're actually in a relegation battle at the minute. So we need to um, kind of get the finger out, and if six seven games left of the season that we we need points in. How crucial leave our international ambitions when you're when you're making moves like that? Like when you're making the decision to move to Italy and say you want to get back over to London, so you're in, in the UK limelight, I suppose. Um, is that a, is that a number one priority? Is it further down the priority list? Or are you just picking a club that that's a nice fit? Or like how high up are international ambitions for you in in that decision process? Um, quite high, to be honest. It's probably one of the first things I think about. Um, obviously you have to you have to think about okay, getting game time like number two where you're going to be out of the eye line um, three obviously you have to be playing in a hot, in a good league so obviously when um, when Parma got relegated last year I said there was no chance of me going back into the national team if I was playing in Serie B um, so I had to I had to move on and yeah so from the start I think that um, I would think about that a lot yeah I'd say I'd say if you're chatting to any of the Irish girls I'd say 90% 95% of the girls are the exact same Um because if you're not playing your club or if you're not if you're not doing well there's you're not really going to have a good chance of getting back into the into the international team Uh, like looking at the um, uh, Lioness's Twitter feed yesterday there's a lot of uh, tricolours off and around the games there's there's a huge (laughs) Irish influence there between yourself and Grace Rusha and uh, Megan Campbell as well it's you know, we we uh, straight away rush to like, oh, it must be great camaraderie and great crack. I mean, in the context of a relegation battle, I presume that's slightly tempered. Yeah, slightly tempered, but it always is good to um, have Irish around because um, we are just better crack, aren't we? So um, <laughs> our dressing room, our dressing room was definitely better than others. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's like it's a bit of home. Like I don't at this stage now. I'm not really like don't really get homesick around like that but it is nice to have um have kind of your own around you um so yeah yeah it's it's a bit different from last year not not being able to speak to people from uh, hmm. at the start to be to have uh, so much irish around but yeah no it's good Eileen Gleeson is somebody you know very well um, from yeah. your Glasgow days um well enough to drop an old text or give an old call and say listen <laughs> i'm still here you know yeah i know i know i know i think i i'd say she knows i'm still there but um um yeah I've had I've probably had a slow a slow start to London City um with uh, with game time and then I had a had a bit of an injury at, at the start of the season as well so it's up to me really to to kind of show myself on the pitch before before I give Eileen the text but um yeah no she definitely knows I'm I mean, she'll probably hear me before she can see me anyway because I'm, I'm a loud one anyway. <laughs> Are you someone, Neve, who uses disappointment to your advantage? Presumably when you get to um, a professional game, that's an automatic. But, uh, for example, the World Cup, not getting a, a seat on the plane to the World Cup, like is that something you're able to drop immediately or do you actually just actually say, hold on, I'm going to use that and, and almost use it as fuel for your, for your next year or two, I suppose, for motivation? Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely fuel. Um, obviously, when you don't get picked, I think I... I probably wasn't in the eye line coming down to the last, you know, the last decision, which probably helps me uh, mentally. Whereas in other girls getting dropped last second, that obviously would have took a bigger toll on them. Um, so I kind of had more time to prepare. But obviously when you still see see the girls going out, like for the World Cup, you're just, you just, you'd give your arm and leg to be there. But um, yeah, no, definitely you use it as motivation and you just have to say, look, put your head down and say, the next tournament that comes round, like I want to be on that seat and that's the only way you can really look at it. 
Talk to us a little bit about what we might expect from Italy this evening. There uh, was put to me by Kathleen earlier. They're a little bit like the uh, French rugby team. Not always 100% sure what you're going to get. But, I mean, you know, they, they, if they play a little bit like they uh, did when they beat Spain in December, it could be a tough night. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the Italian national team, it's flooded with talent, but I think they've probably underperformed in the last in the last while. Um they obviously didn't have the best of World Cups. They didn't get out of their group. They lost South Africa in that crucial game. And then, obviously, yeah, they're coming back into form, I suppose. They got a good result against Spain in the Nations League. Um, they've they've good young players, the likes of um, Dragoni. She's a centre mid. She's, I think she's only 17. She's playing with, she's playing with Barca. Not, not sure she's getting much game time, but she's meant to be the next the next big thing. Um, then you have Greggy as well in midfield. I think she's, she's class. I played against her last year in Roma. Um, and yeah, I think same same old Italian type of a game you'll play against Italians. It'll be you'll have to be careful with the refs. Don't uh, <laughs> don't get too stuck in, or you'll be um, you'll be giving away a lot of fouls because um, they they do they do like to hit the floor quite quick, and um, which could be frustrating for the girls as well because I know we're quite a physical team. And the two Everton players obviously have got a little bit of a uh, fair bit of airing over the last because you know we're more used to looking at uh, the WSL than uh, than than uh, than anything else. But um, you know they're not afraid as well to mix it up from a formation point of view. Could be could be anything from four four two five four one four one four one. They they can play it anyway. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see like how they do set up against us because like do like will they see us obviously. We're probably not in the same bracket as Spain, but like, will they see us as a threat? Will they go for it? Will they sit in? It will be quite interesting. And likewise with Ireland, it'll be interesting how they set up too. But um, I think it'll be a good contest. Um, obviously, you have as well your Wonderelli up front. Um, she's has like over hundred caps and like fifty odd goals for for Italy, so she'll be a threat. Um, I know. I don't. I think Louise Quinn is out, but. Um, it was that was I said that she she she'll be for the Wales game or I'm not sure. Mm, yeah. I read something with Eileen and um, said something in an interview about that. But she'd know her well from obviously playing in Fiorentina. Maybe she can give if she's playing or not. She can give tips to the girls. But um, yeah, she'll be definitely be a big threat. And then Cambiaghi, I played with her last year. She's now playing in Inter and scoring week in week out in the Serie A. So I think she actually scored against Spain the last day out. So she'll obviously be another threat. But yeah, hopefully um, hopefully be an entertaining game. Where are the Italian weaknesses, Neve? Um, I would like to say, uh, from playing there, I'd like to say um, going de- going a goal down or going a, uh, a goal or two down. I don't know if they have the the same kind of resilience as us Irish. So I think, in that sense, um, we could get at them. Um, but at the same time, I'm saying we need to be careful in. Uh, in, you know, making making fouls, silly fouls around the box and stuff like that because they're not afraid to, to go down and play the game. So I think that could be a big thing for us as well. Yeah, uh, we we obviously pre World Cup um, when everybody hopped on the bandwagon when the qualifiers went really well for us in the lead into that campaign, lined ourselves up with some pretty stiff and uh, tough uh, friendly matches. So hopefully tonight is sort of in that same vein of don't take them, don't take these. Um, don't take all the easy games and prepare well for the tournaments to come up and particularly the fact that Eileen's now got the first permanent permanent game and has good clear road ahead of her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it'll be after coming off like the Nations League with, with them games, obviously it was good to to get goals under our belt and stuff like that. But now it's 
it's good that we're kind of we're kind of testing, going to test ourselves now against against probably a higher opposition as these came from from the from the A League and Nations League. So um, hopefully we hit the ground running and it'll be a good test. But I'm sure the girls will be up for. It. Yeah. You, you mentioned your own battles with injuries, Neve, over the years, but um, the SEL is something that crops up in the women's game constantly and constantly you see every every it feels like every other week some big name getting uh, ruled out for for an extended period of time Jamie Finn the latest um with an ACL injury that we've heard of um can you think of any any explanation behind that or like it must be a, a serious frustration and and issue in the women's game yeah it's huge it's uh, it's awful and my heart goes out to Jamie Finn because i think she's probably one of the the hardest working girls i know and after my heart sunk when I got the news that she didn't get on the plane to the World Cup and then yesterday in the change room when I seen that she'd done her ACL I was like bless her she doesn't um, she doesn't have much luck but um, I know that she'll be back stronger than ever but yeah it, it I just I there's not really words to even describe it I don't even know like I'm not <laughs> I'm not qualified in like a medical field or to know the reasons why but it obviously is so much more common in, in the women's game and it needs to be sorted out like research needs to be done ASAP um, because like you say like it's like every week or every other week there's there's another professional women's women's player with an ACL injury so um, and it can ruin people's seasons and careers and yeah so it definitely needs to be sorted but I don't have an answer until why mm-hmm. to why it is happening you know Enjoy the porridge and enjoy the game tonight thanks a million <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, lads, for having me. Thanks a lot. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Tag you on. Neve Farley on the line there, uh, live from uh, the London City Lionesses car park. Mm-hmm. And, um coming to a training ground near you very shortly. Look forward to that game tonight. We'll have more reaction to it uh, over the course of the weekend as well. Uh, a few comments coming in. Vinnie Perth, stand by. We're going to talk about the football in just a minute. Uh, love, Raj, destroying 80% of all manager-related commentary in sports. It's Dara Tool. Good morning to you, Dara. Raj for Ulster, says another commentator here. Uh, Raj is fabulous, so smart, and doesn't mince his words, says Emmanuel Chichi. Uh, Adrian's disdain for Alex Ferguson is hilarious, says Keane. A regular viewer, I put it to you, Colm. And... Um, yeah, a few more bits and bobs. 20 past eight. Uh, delighted to have you with us this morning. We've loads still to come. We're going to have our Welsh hour coming up in just a little bit where we get stuck into all things uh, Wales rugby in the company of legend Shane Williams and Grand Slam winning coach uh, Mike Ruddock. And uh, Cameron will be along as well for the Six Nations Hill. So you can get all your favourite off the ball podcasts wherever you want by becoming a note to be member for 99.99 uh, for a one year membership. And it works out less than two euro a month uh, for 50 hours of podcasts a week. And just by downloading and signing it to the OTB app, you can get a lovely little sample of three free podcasts uh, a month all on. On us. Remember to sign up on your preferred platform as subscriptions are not transferable between those platforms. For more detail, you can go to offtheball.com forward slash join to join the obsession now. Off the ball breakfast with Optimum Nutrition. There's more of you in you. Unlock it with the world's number one sports nutrition brand.